Aloha and namaste. I'm Ash. Aloha and namaste. I'm Matt and we are the yoga couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. Today, we want to talk about the ways we self-sabotage in our relationship and in our life. And we're going to be using our book, The Inner Work, as a resource. Basically, we're going to be going through the eight ways that we self-sabotage our life and in this episode we'll be starting with the first wound the wound of rejection how to identify its patterns identify the ways that it's sabotaging you maybe without your awareness how to catch on to it and ultimately how to finally heal it and have compassion for the coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms we develop as a way to self-preserve and protect our hearts Yeah, because at the end of the day, what happens is we have original imprints and trauma or experiences that that really just modeled to us something super unhealthy or toxic. And then our subconscious absorbs that. And without us realizing it, we recreate the similar thoughts, feelings and experiences all without realizing that we're actually doing it. We don't even realize that we're creating some of the same trauma that we've already experienced, for example, like feeling rejected or abandoned or, uh, you know, cut off from love or unworthy. And all of a sudden we start acting out in our relationship in ways that we, we recreate those feelings. And then of course we don't see it consciously until we start doing inner work. And then we go, Holy, wow, what the heck have I been up to? Because we believe whatever the fight is about or whatever the thing is about, but when you really pull back the layers and you start doing inner work with self-reflection and honesty, you realize that we all are running on these really interesting programs of behavior that ultimately bring a lot of problems and suffering, but we don't realize that we're all doing it. And that's kind of what the whole healing journey is about is to, is to realize how much we contribute to a lot of these painful cycles we see in our life. We invite you to, of course, study and follow along with us by reading the inner work book and referring to the section on the wound of rejection or the theme of shame and you can also download a free copy of the themes of consciousness chart and spectrum of consciousness chart at the innerwork.com backslash media the links for the book will also be in the show notes So let's dive in, and I think a a great way to start this off is to first maybe share some examples or realizations from our own life and our own relationship where we became self-aware that we were sabotaging our marriage, our life, things that we love and always wanted because this wound of rejection or this feeling, this emotion of shame was having more control over us than we were of our own lives. And something that's really good to become aware of is that we all have lower emotions, negative emotions and reactions to things in life. That's a normal human thing to go through. And the inner work isn't about dissolving these emotions and never having them. It's just about becoming aware that you're in it because from that place of awareness, you can sit with that motion, you can feel that feeling instead of allowing it to control you and run you like a program from the background of your subconscious mind. Because when it's hidden and in the shadow, that's what your shadow self is, the part of you that maybe you don't have awareness of, it's in the dark. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from that place when it's behind you that it can kind of control you like a puppet. Whereas when it's in front of you or next to you and you see it, You can sit beside it. You can make friends with it. You can talk to that part of yourself. Hear its concerns and needs. You can feel that emotion without it having such a effect of disaster (laughs) on your life. Mm -hmm. And these disastrous situations, all these disastrous situations in our life, they're actually the result of these unhealed wounds or traumas or themes of consciousness like shame, the wound of rejection, not being acknowledged and when they're not heard and acknowledged they act out like a tantrum of an inner child yeah because technically all sabotaging behavior is the wounded part of our psyche the wounded inner child thinking it's protecting us 
That's the catch. That's why we do need to listen to it because how would you feel if you felt extremely vindicated and validated that you're in real danger and no one's listening to you, like as an adult? So you could relate to maybe how frustrating and big you would have to get in your expressions to be heard and to be acknowledged and be like, why is no one listening to me? Like, this is important. So just realize that our shadow feels that way towards what we're doing. It feels that way towards our life, our inner child that's wounded. These wounds, that's how it feels in the psyche. It feels like it's extremely important. We need to listen or else we're going to die. And that's why we all sabotage because our psyche, our inner world, we think we're doing something good. You think you're doing something protective. You think you're doing something loving. And that's why this work is so uh, really fascinating to do because you realize that every hurtful behavior you've ever done, you your mind and your ego thought it was doing something to protect you. It was going to benefit you. It was going to be good in some way. It was going to love you in some way. And that's where it gets trippy. That's where it gets super trippy. So today's one is especially weird to look at and trippy to look at is what I'm getting at because it's the most painful one. But when we look at it, like Ash was bringing up, you'll really realize that there's a there's an innocence underneath it all trying to keep us safe. And that's the most important part as we go through this series, hopefully on the next several episodes of the Inner Work podcast, addressing the wounds, unhealed wounds and emotions that are sabotaging our life that the goal is not that you're not supposed to ever have them. The goal is not that you're wrong or bad or you're you're not a healed person. You're not a conscious person because you have anger or shame or guilt. The real true goal here is for you to actually have the courage to acknowledge you do have these emotions and stop acting like you're above them or you should be above them and befriend them, make peace with them and also have compassion for yourself and see that inner child part of you because Mm -hmm. it's in being able to do that that you actually have patience and compassion for your partner and other people in your life. If you cannot identify and acknowledge and have compassion that you're imperfect and that you go through negative emotions and you have unhealed wounds, there's no way that you can recognize that in another person and hold space for them. Because you will always be like, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't be acting that way. You should know better. You should know better. When really it's like, we don't know better. We still have tantrums. We still freak out. We still go through these things too. Or at least feel it. Yeah. 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 And so the more we can be honest about that, the more love and compassion we have for other people in our life. Yeah. It's part of being human, in other words. So some of the examples to circle back uh, to open this up. If you f- hear a little petting or purring and, and, and kitty stuff Grayson going on, <laughs> yeah, Grayson is dropping in with us today. So if you're like, what is going on in the background? I think Grayson really loves to be loves a part of podcasts. podcasts. Every podcast he tries to be involved. And if you are watching the videos, you can see him in the videos. He's our, he's our little Pooh Bear. Yeah. <laughs> I think he gets jealous because we're talking and he's like, are they, who are they talking to? Do you to? think Grayson has unhealed wounds of rejection and shame? 100%. Yeah. He's he was our, a stray. He's our stray kitty. Okay. So diving into the examples is, let's start with some of the, like the simplest, most um, common that are subtle because it, it ranges, right? This is the most important thing to understand within our work is all the themes that we might find ourselves in and the wounds we might be dealing with, they have levels of extremity uh, in a polarity or, or a spectrum, we, we like to call it. So you've got, you know, mild expressions all the way to like absolutely traumatic, suicidal, intense levels, right? So very extreme. And so the, the, the most common example of how the wound of rejection shows up in our lives is we push away things that are good for us. And we push away love, we feel unworthy of it, uh, struggling with unworthiness and, and attacking ourselves. The real difference on this one between say feeling guilt or judgment is that the wound of rejection is about 
rejecting ourself. Another really common example is when we, when we call ourselves names, like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm so stupid. That was stupid. I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. Yeah. So it's like self self deprecation. Uh, it's the habit to reject ourselves, and these are the most common common ways it shows up. And again, the subconscious is doing this because it's trying to push away innocence and love first before those things can hurt us. So, for example, how how so how does this happen? So let's say your mom or dad said to you one time you're fat or you shouldn't be eating that or that was stupid you shouldn't have done that and just leaves this imprint of shame upon you that something in you was wrong and rejectable and then the subconscious just absorbs that experience and so then it says oh love mom or dad can hurt and shame me so love equals shame and rejection love equals rejection well then i'm going to push away and reject love first so that it doesn't reject me and so how these subconscious patterns get created is the good thing gets associated with a painful thing. And so when a quote unquote loving person in our life ends up hurting us, then we associate love and goodness with some sort of wound. So parents are usually the biggest form or um, source of our traumas because of this. And then we start associating love, companionship, relationships, all these things with trauma, which is why they show up so much. And that's why inner work shows up so much in relationships, because that is where your biggest association with a love you know, partner is in life. And so you naturally your mind's going to bring up all your patterns of uh, sabotage to protect itself. And so... It wants to beat beat it to it. So instead of letting Ash say, Matt, that was really stupid that you spilt that water. I'm going to beat her to it so that I don't have to feel that rejection from her. And I'll just reject myself first. And I'll say, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. That was so stupid. And then that way she can't say that to me and I don't have to be rejected by her. But then she's sitting there watching being like, whoa, whoa, honey, <laughs> like it's okay. You're okay, sweetheart. So this was a common one that showed up for us. What are some other examples that you can think of? Well, I was going to say also beyond just hearing little nuanced statements, mm -hmm. when we have an unhealed wound with rejection, it can come from childhood experiences of your parents getting a divorce and, mm -hmm. you know, never knowing one of your parents or both of your parents, uh, people who grew up in foster care systems mm -hmm. or were adopted oftentimes have to work through this trauma as an adult of, you know, why wasn't I loved or why didn't they choose me you know why didn't they want me it it ultimately comes down to a feeling of not feeling wanted mm -hmm. or or loved uh so abandonment wounds often show up in romantic partnerships and this mm -hmm. is all related to shame and the wound of rejection mm -hmm. it could be religious trauma of you know if your sexual orientation doesn't fit into this box you're going to hell for all of eternity and you're you should be ashamed of yourself and you're, and you're unworthy an abomination of creation yeah the all these types of things of any type of experience or trauma where you were told that your very being beingness or you believe from that experience whether it was a direct you know you're an abomination or just you made that conclusion because you never mm -hmm. met your dad and you're like mm -hmm. i must not be lovable these types of experiences that give us the narrative i'm unlovable that is mm -hmm. the root program belief of shame the wound of rejection and so we're inviting you to become aware and reflect on any experiences from your life that might have made you think that because what most of us don't realize until we get to this point in our lives where we're doing inner work is that that belief if left unaddressed inside of ourselves will sabotage and come out in multiple ways in our life it will ruin our lives that belief itself will ruin our lives we will ruin our marriage we'll ruin our relationships we'll ruin our you know home life we'll ruin good opportunities for us because we believe we're unworthy of it and so we will seek to prove it we'll seek to prove i knew i was unlovable and the way that this normally 
plays out is by acting in such a way, and this is so sad and hard, but you know, everybody's talking about narcissists right now and abusive people and all this. The ultimate truth is that a genuine diagnosed narcissist is really just somebody who has immense amounts of unhealed shame Mm -hmm. and the wound of rejection. So much so that they act in such abusive ways to push people to the point where they can say, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, see I knew I was unlovable. I knew you would leave me. I knew you wouldn't love me. They actually will behave in degrees of pushing the limit of what someone will accept Mm -hmm. to get them to say, I can't love you anymore. And, And that is one of the biggest ways that this theme sabotages in relationships Mm -hmm. and in life is like people will get themselves locked up in prison from this wound of like, Mm -hmm. see, I knew society would reject me because there is a limit on what people can accept and they want to see where that limit is. So they get to have that validation of Mm -hmm. I'm unlovable. And Mm -hmm. that is the most mind blowing and sad thing to realize. And we have to ask ourselves, Maybe we're not out there murdering people and going to prison and saying, see, I knew I was unlovable. But in some degree, in some way of our life, and what level do we do that? Mm-hmm. Do we push the limit of pushing someone or pushing a situation to the point where we get to feel that validation of unworthiness? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big ways, too, is it shows up just privately and internally, too. Like sometimes what you might find is that you you maybe aren't external about it. Like maybe, so let's say something I've observed in my own journey with this is, let's say I'm not getting her to reject me so I can be like, oh, see, I'm unlovable. Although obviously that definitely has its time and place. But another big way this shows up is we we behave in ways on our by ourselves that we can then hate ourselves this way yeah like choices we make choices we make in private or things we do like we sneak something we lie this is all this theme of consciousness of we're we're lying we're hiding we're sneaking stuff that's all this theme because then privately we can be like man i'm such a piece of shit like i really just am so unworthy and and then watch this so so then let's say i'm like lying and sneaking something then when Ash is loving me, I don't have to, I don't get to accept the love because deep down I get to say, I'm a piece of shit. Like, look, she's loving me even though I do fucked up things behind her back and she doesn't know. And so this is, and this is really common with addiction, for example. And so you're doing all this secret stuff so that you can ultimately cancel out any positive love that comes your way because you won't let yourself receive it. And this one is really, really common we will usually at bare minimum be doing this one and then when it gets really desperate it becomes the more external like pushing ash to the breaking point to where she's like i need a fucking divorce you're horrible and then me being like up i'm just a piece of shit i'm a i'm just such a fucked up person and and that's that's when someone is really hurting they'll get to that level but the most common is the internal and i think we all do it in small ways sometimes because this is a very common problem because it's a spiritual it's one of the biggest spiritual temptations is to believe that we're unlovable because it's the opposite of the truth i really like that you brought that up like see i'm such a piece of shit just leave me then if i'm such a horrible husband just leave me those statements so we i wanted to read some things that shame the wound of rejection says because this is this is the inner work is being able to have pattern recognition and being able to see when someone says something or you say something oh there it is this is my internalized wound of unhealed wound of rejection this is my internalized shame speaking right now or theirs and so things like that like i'm such a piece of shit then just leave me then real quick too this also includes attacking other people and name calling other people just to nuance that uh, what it will look like in a relationship is being so obnoxious and horrible to be with that again you're trying to get rejected so i really just want you to realize 
how common, if you think about it in relationships, technically, anytime your partner is being mean to you and trying to get to make you feel hurt, it is coming from this wound because ultimately, deep down, they want you to reject them. And the wound of rejection is self self-fulfilling prophecy it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so it rejects yeah it wants to be rejected and so it rejects and so it will say things like i'm so ugly i hate myself i hate my life no one loves me i'm not i'm just not good enough um i'm an idiot i'm ugly these types of things or you're ugly they're a piece of shit Um, their life is shit all degrading somebody and degrading yourself is that's that's what it is and so just first of all don't think you're a piece of shit if you think these things it's okay (laughs) we all do we all go through it we all have to reconcile this and instead of denying that part of ourselves we just want to make peace with it we want to love it we want to see it we want to ask what it needs from us Uh, what healing it needs from us and treat this part of ourselves like a child because ultimately it is it's just a scared sad Mm -hmm. child inside yeah one of the biggest things as we were working on writing this next book i was taking a really big deep dive into the inner work and when we were in india i was in particular working on this theme and a huge like spiritual epiphany that came out from pondering that was so every single one of us technically has experienced this a form of shame and this wound of rejection and this level of spiritual um, deceit or temptation or attack the reason the reason why we all have universally had to experience it is because technically as soon as you have ever been through anything hurtful and no parent or higher consciousness was there to debrief you through that experience every single one of us first of all has been through a hurtful experience that's why i'm saying it's universal everybody has either experienced or witnessed something hurtful so that's why i'm saying hey literally you're not alone so literally every single human there's every single human on this planet has experienced something hurtful or witnessed something hurtful And so as soon as our subconscious gets exposed to that and no one's debriefing us, no one's helping us go through that, the immediate assumption is what the fuck is going on here? And the immediate assumption of the subconscious is to become concerned that that was a problem and we must not be worthy of a peaceful, happy, loving life or else why did we experience that or witness it? And so the automatic assumption from a spiritual level is why am I in an existence where there's hurt? This is like the deepest temptation. And so when no one is there to help us understand, yes, welcome to duality. There's, you know, on this earth, you're going to have pain. You're going to have hurt. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be trauma here. There's going to be this stuff you're going to have to go through, but it's not personal. And it doesn't mean that you were cast it out into this place of pain because of you because of who you are Mm -hmm. i've even thought that sometimes like wow being human is so hard sometimes like are we the are we in purgatory are we already in hell like you know these questions come up of like is this a and this is why i get so pissed off about law of attraction stuff it's because it starts to make your external reality a reflection of your being of your worthiness which is a super slippery slope it's a slippery slope and that is a really false misinterpretation that i think a lot of us get caught up in and so just be mindful that and we we got to share some of our experiences here to help people kind of relate by our own life of us identifying this that whenever you're thinking these things it's never true that the pain you're going through is a reflection of your worthiness or your beingness. Mm-hmm. And actually your healing is to realize that. The yeah. healing is to realize that the 
association with my worthiness and beingness and me going through something terribly hard or somebody not loving me or wanting me are not one and the same. Yeah, and I would add a nuance to that is your innocence is not taken, stolen, broken, or lost because you went through something traumatic, hurtful, or witnessed something traumatic or hurtful. And another trauma we didn't say is like any physical abuse, sexual abuse, molestation, rape, trigger warning about these things. I'm sorry if, but that, that is what needs to be addressed in, in this theme, the wound of rejection, internalized shame. Uh, Because when we go through something that traumatic, the psyche starts to identify itself as worthy of that abuse or or that they are in fact the consciousness of their abuser like the abuser did something very grotesque and almost unforgivable right like in a sense it's not unforgivable but that is the feeling that they have is like this is an unforgivable act but the uh, the person the victim starts to think that about themselves well the natural assumption of the subconscious so coming back to this deepest layer this is why we all actually have to make peace with this at some point in our spiritual journey here on this earth is as soon as you go through hurt and the more traumatic the easier this assumption becomes and i'll break that down for you why is as soon as you go through hurt the 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 natural ego of the mind because the ego of the mind is obsessed with associations and accumulation of identity because it's trying to figure out how to survive here best. And so as soon as it goes through something hurtful or traumatic, it says, this must be about me. This must be personal. And the sooner I accept that, the sooner I'll survive better here. So it's trying, it's just a natural side effect. It's not personal. It's just how all of our human minds work. And so it's associating with everything it goes through as me and mine. Now, here's why the the more intense the trauma, the easier this assumption is. Because the more extreme the trauma, the, the more rare it therefore is. And then the easier the assumption becomes because it's like, well, shoot, if nine out of 10 people I know have never been through this crazy ass trauma that I went through, then it must be me and it yep. must be personal. Yep. And so that's why it's so such a slippery slope too when you bring into the topics of law of attraction or your external environment as a reflection of your consciousness, like these false uh, light teachings, because that's not what it is. It's not your external environment. Just to plant this seed of what the truth is there, it's not your external environment and the things and circumstances of your life that are a reflection of your consciousness it's your perception of your external environments and circumstances that are a reflection of your consciousness and how you respond it's to how it. you respond it's how, how you perceive you... it it's how you experience it there's a yeah. total huge nuance there though that's an extremely important layer so you could be in extreme trauma and be in a very impoverished traumatic life circumstance and it could still not be about you but what really does show a reflection of your consciousness is how you perceive that respond to that and go through that you could go through it in so many different ways and so that's really empowering because it reminds us okay none of this outside stuff and the hurt of this world is about me it's not personal And that's what's so important to heal this theme. We have to say, all right, I am innocent always, and I am always worthy of love, always. And one of my favorite things I always mention in the teacher training when we're going over this with our students of really, because in our teacher training, we break down the inner work and inner work yoga and how to help people heal in a whole other level of, of depth. And this is one of the great things we go over on this topic in particular is your worthiness of love and your innocence are, it is entirely separate from the things you go through and the choices you make. And that's a really interesting thing because if you keep those two attached to each other, being human alone is shameful. (laughs) you're never getting out 
because there's hurt here and there's there's you're you're not perfect you're going to make mistakes so basically you're screwed so we have to clarify that the spiritual truth is hold on a minute these two things are separate you're always innocent you're always lovable you're always worthy of love no matter what it's untouchable unforsakable it can never be taken from you ever but you will go through painful experiences and you will make mistakes but that's just called wisdom and your wisdom and your evolution as a as a being and your worthiness as a being are two separate topics those are two separate topics and a lot of the a lot of the world and teachings are accidentally mixing these two but it's it's a it's a nuanced misunderstanding and even with the choices this is the hardest thing to comprehend because when we go through a traumatic experience of somebody who has hurt us even their actions of hurt come from their trauma and mm -hmm. and their shame being projected onto them and the cycle continues and i i love the movie the book the shack because they really did a great job of mm -hmm. painting that picture of who who is to be the judge of somebody's actions because when you mm -hmm. really see the abuse somebody has been through previously and that they're passing on that abuse you you can't help but have immense compassion for all of the painful experiences and choices that people make because this is what was done unto them. And it literally goes back to the beginning of the first right. hurtful behavior. Right. <laughs> like so it's literally an infinite We ripple. have to be cycle breakers. And that is kind of what the inner work is. It's mm -hmm. about breaking these cycles of hurt. So how we recognize shame in our lives. How we recognize, oh, I still have some unhealed wounds with rejection. I have internalized shame. Whenever we are pushing love away, like Matt said, or rejecting something good before it can reject us in a sense, or we're making choices that make us feel like we hate ourselves, we can't get out of that cycle of choices that we hate doing, but we still keep doing. That's that cycle of internalized shame repeating itself. And I think a couple ways that I've seen this in my own life is immediately I'm thinking about getting stable and having, you know, things be going good for me and being addicted to that fight or flight of I always have to be in this situation of chaos and when things are like too good and too stable, I start to freak out a little bit and I want to, I even make a joke to Matt, like I get these like weird intrusive thoughts of like literally like exploding everything. Like I want to burn the house down. I want to like throw it all away. I want to run away. I just want to like burn shit up and like destroy because the d destruction is the, the internalized shame, the, the wound mm -hmm. of rejection. It's like rejecting the goodness in my life. Mm -hmm. The urge to destroy things when they're too good too boring, too happy. For me, that's one of my biggest identifiers. Like, whoop, I'm spiraling into rejection. I'm spiraling into shame. Like, yeah. slow down. The most common for me too was when our relationship was too peaceful and too good, then it's that urge to want to push buttons and create a new problem. Because someone, there needs to be an undertone of an issue that we're working on. Because if we're not, then then that becomes weird. You get addicted to <laughs> problems and like addicted to like... A, dr a drama. A drama and rejection, wanting to feel rejected. Mm -hmm. And so like there's no better way to be rejected than to create chaos and then piss somebody off and get them mad at you. Or, <laughs> or you need something to be rejecting, like a problem. Yeah. And it's like, how about you just accept that it's all good and you're okay and you're loved and you're innocent and you're worthy of that peace. You're worthy of a peaceful life. You're worthy of a loving relationship. Yeah. You're worthy of a stable life. And that's usually what it always comes back to is the the importance of this theme is is massive because again, it it's actually at the core of our spiritual dilemma as humans is are you going to accept that you are innately innocent whole and good or are you going to believe the spiritual lie that you are 
broken, damaged, and always lacking, and you will forever be trying to fill a void. That's the that's like the darkness. That's the spiritual deceit. Because no matter what spiritual tradition we look at, if we look at the difference between darkness and light, darkness is the rejection of truth, the lack of truth. So it is it's by default a it's the principle of lack. It's the principle of the negative. In other words, it's the principle of seeing all that is not, whereas the light is seeing all that there is. And it's the affirmative. It's the positive. It's the the truth. And so when it comes to our self-worth and who we believe ourselves to be, rejection will see us as lacking and wanting, like original sin and this delusion that you are born broken and forever broken. It's like, whoa, man, that is birthing people into shame and spreading this this paranoia that we're all just shitty shameful rejected creatures and that's obviously a super toxic belief whereas the wholeness being whoa no you're totally innocent loved worthy of love and always will be and you are are completely whole and complete already and also you're going to be on this planet where there's duality pleasure and pain um great consequences, constructive consequences, and destructive consequences. And that's going to allow you to develop wisdom. And it's going to be really cool because if you can see it this way, you'll, you'll be a very, very wise person, which will lead to incredible consequences 99% of the time. Every once in a while, there's going to be things that happen that are outside of your control that despite all your awesome choices, it just, you know, call it fate or destiny or karma or something. But the point is how you go through that will be you'll go through it as constructively and wisely as possible, which means it'll be you won't have the suffering that it that it necessarily has to have. It's not like negative things have to have suffering. It's how we go through them that creates the suffering. So this, I think, is just like one of the biggest things we all have to sit with and make peace with. Am I innately good, lovable, worthy of love no matter what I do? Am I always forgivable? Am I always loved? Because if we can't make peace with that, we can't technically move on to the next theme, which is all about accumulating wisdom and learning from mistakes. Because if you make a mistake without locking this in first, you'll self-destroy at any sign of a mistake. And this is how it showed up for us in our relationship too, is like, if I would really mess things up between Ash and I, I would constantly have these urges and these these dark temptations to be like, well, I'm just like going to go kill myself or something. And it's this urge to destroy and to be like, well, fine, it's unforgivable. I'm unforgivable. I can't repair this. I'm just so horrible. I just shouldn't even be here. And that's because if we haven't made peace with, whoa, 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 Matt, chill, brother. You're totally loved. You just made a mistake. That's all, man. Like you're totally loved. You're totally forgiven. You're still worthy of love. You just got to learn. And that's because I was raised with a lot of religious trauma that didn't peacefully help me see these two things are separate. Your love, your innocence, and your worthiness, and your ability to be rejected. That's not even real. Those things are always there. You can never be rejected. You're always loved. You're always innocent. But there's choices that can cause pain here and we just need to learn from that is all. And so it's so, so, so important to make peace with this concept. Do I think I am innately lacking or, or, do, or can I just sit with that for a second to just feel? This is the most important thing about spiritual discernment too is just to feel how bad that feels because truth is obvious if you pay attention to how it makes your body feel when you when we think that we're worthy of rejection and we're broken and we're damaged and we always will be and you were born that way and you're just this horrible worm that's like always going to be lacking no matter what you do god just my gut just sinks to that it just doesn't feel right but if instead we say whoa whoa you're so loved you're always innocent you're always doing the best you can you're just this sweet innocent child of the universe, the spark of divinity that is here to learn, to gain wisdom and to express your divinity 
and what you're here to express and love the people you're here to love and to be the person you're here to be and to love yourself and to express that love that you are. And as you do that, you'll you'll learn and you'll make mistakes, but you'll recover and you'll be smarter, wiser, and be even more loving. You'll have more compassion. When we view it that way, it's like, oh, oof, okay. And so it's just so important to reconcile this belief because if we can't do this, the reason why I want to, I'm making sure and going over this is because if we can't do this, we, we can't ever be free of this wound. We'll always come back to it and think, oh, maybe I am unworthy though. <laughs> and we'll always be tempted to flirt with that. And so it's so imperative to just annihilate this once and for all and be like, nope, you're never actually technically rejectable. You never were, never will be. You just have to learn sometimes from painful things. And sometimes it's not even about your choices or your yeah. mistakes. It's about the other person's other ability to love. And that's one of the biggest things to address in healing the wound of rejection is another way I saw this come up in my life was focusing on people that didn't love me or rejected me or didn't want me, particularly in friendships. Like that's been a big trauma and focal point of my entire life is feeling not accepted or loved by friends that I wanted to be friends with. You're like picked on and heckled by. And yeah. Teased. And being like, why don't they want to be my friend? Why don't they like me? Uh, I would try like so hard to fit in or get accepted by the group. And then all the way up into my adult years, even now, it's still something I'm constantly processing and dealing with is yeah, like that happens. They don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> they don't like you. So maybe surprising for a lot of you to hear because, you know, it seems like we're, you know, popular on social media or something, but I actually deal with not being I think there's a lot of people who don't like us. <laughs> accepted by people a lot. Yeah, all you got to do is scroll the comments Okay, sometimes. yeah, yeah, but no, like in real life, I'll try yeah, but in real life I'll try to like hang out yeah, with I get what you're saying. girls or something and then I'll just feel like so weird about it like mm -hmm. I don't know how to fit in or I don't I have this thing with I want to be accepted, I want to be loved, I want to be liked and then it's like ew you can't sit with us you're not we don't like you and it really fucks me up and it takes me a long time to process and i go what is it about me why why am i not likable and you're always trying to help me be like it's not you it's that's them you know they're their own vibe or it has nothing to do with you like and there was nothing you could ever do to be liked by them mm -hmm. and one of the real quick though before you move on and sometimes the best qualities about you are actually the thing they have to push away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, important to say that. I, I'm annoying. I think what it is is I, I'm annoying because I'm, it's like I'm like a little girl or something. Like I'm like a child and they're like, gosh, well, you're just so innocent. innocent. Sometimes, sometimes your sweetness and innocent can be the very thing that someone is pushing you away for. And it's like, and then they well, feel like, don't get down on yourself for that. That's probably a good thing that you're so innocent and sweet and good. Like, I don't know if you want to reject yourself for that. We feel like we can't let our demons out in front of you or something. And sure. it's, I don't want anyone to ever feel like that. I want to be a very accepting, loving person, but I, I guess I'm a goody two shoes. That's what it is. I'm an annoying goody two shoes. That's like been, I told my, I had a dream literally like two weeks ago that I was a hall monitor and these <laughs> girls that I wanted to be friends with who didn't want to be my friend, which is like this pattern in my life were like laughing and making fun of me and wouldn't let me hang out with them. And they, cause I walked into the bathroom and I was, you know, telling them we're supposed to be in class. What are we doing? Cause I was scared. And they're like, Oh my gosh, she's a hall monitor. And that's like my whole life. And I don't mean to be like that. I genuinely don't know. I'm that. That's what it is. It's like I make these assumptions about myself that I'm this annoying goody two shoes, and then I'm unlovable. Nobody likes me. No one wants to be around me. And this is like this perpetuating narrative of the wound of rejection, and it's a theme in my life. And then what that ends up happening is when you get a story like that that you're latched onto, you become self. Per self-perpetuating with mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and it's like on loop and you you keep going through the same pattern over and over until you reconcile it and so if you ever get stuck like 
this is for the girls listening because I know I know you do it because I do it is if you start comparing yourself you know on social media you're looking at people who have rejected you from your past and you're like well, what are they doing now and it's like you just it's like the wound of rejection the shame it's like it feels so shitty about itself and then it gets addicted to feeling shitty and then it goes seeks things out to make it feel shittier oh they're so pretty they're so happy they're so amazing and like they didn't love me ah and i'm such a piece of shit and i'm so ugly and i wasn't cool enough and like this cycle that's it that's me right there telling you that's me identifying oh i am in my wound like whoa and this awareness of becoming aware of your own because we all have a different version of what how this plays out in our life for me it's that it's not so much with me and matt i don't feel like i have one with relationships and romantic relationships i don't ever feel like i tried to push you away or like rejected you i don't know have i has that been like a thing with us i don't yeah i'm just sitting here contemplating that for a second i don't see it i think i'm the more overcompensating the externalized pushing away i think yours is this what you're talking about right now it's the internalized you know yeah. am i worthy yeah i do actually yeah, that you're with you, you, you internalize it with you you know what i do i'm like do you love me yeah do you love me are you sure you love me and you also feel weird when think you, you have a hard time accepting when things are peaceful yeah and stable yeah i'm like you think it like you said earlier in, in this episode you know yours is more internalized where you you start to get internally you freak out whereas i'll usually express it you'll do something I'll that do gets something. you rejected yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. i'm constantly like not believing exactly. that i'm worthy of love and that's good because in the in the book we call this the difference between the avoidant defense mechanism and the overcompensating and so this is a good example of how the ego responds to things has two real directions of, of what it will usually resort to. And sometimes it flip-flops and does both, but we will find that we have a common tendency. And yeah. so, yeah, so in this example, yeah, yours is actually to be a lot more internalized with it, um, whereas mine's more externalized. It's more overcompensating. Yeah. So you're becoming aware, this is the inner work, is like, where was the first memories of my life where I felt rejected or unlovable or unworthy? Identifying that like first belief this is so stupid sounding. There it is right there. That's the yeah, one. I was just going to say, hold on. There it be, is. Be kind to yourself. Amazing. This is so stupid. How That's about, it. How about? Because I feel ashamed about what I'm about to yeah, say. How about just say, this is interesting. This is so interesting. See, yeah. you guys, like I wrote See the inner workbook and I still, this is a lot. That's subtle. why we say. It's so subconscious. In the inner workbook, this is a lifestyle choice and there mm -hmm. is no arrival because it's just the way you live now. You're, you're, you become, yeah. you're in the self-awareness always. I think in the book, the line is, is the inner work is a contemplative lifestyle approach. That's right. I think is the sentence. It's, or at least very close. Good job. So, <laughs> do not love me I because I got the line wrong. No, oh, you're so perfect. Okay. So this is interesting, but my first memory of being rejected, I was three years old. I was at preschool <laughs> and I remember the this preschool. One. You know what? Next time we go back to Vegas, gonna I'm going to drive you by that damn preschool. Okay. I got to go look at Make it. Peace with I wonder if it's still there. Okay. So I was at my preschool and there was a boy and he said, whoever has the longest hair, I'm going to pick to be my girlfriend. Okay. We're three. We're, in, we're literally in preschool. We're not even in kindergarten yet. Three or four. And I had the longest hair. My hair was down to my butt. And I was like, I'm the girlfriend. So he had all the girls line up. This is so misogynistic yeah, right here. Like, like, what was what did he think he was on? Like The Bachelor? It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had all the girls line up. And now I'm just starting to have all these people. I'm like, is that why I watch like I yeah, watch these shows? Guy? Because yeah. <laughs> like, I watch these reality shows. Because yeah. I was in it's one like when had, I was three. He had you on a dating show. Okay. Everybody line up. Yeah. Okay. I could just so, see like this random cute little three-year-old boy like yeah he lined up all the girls what a trip i, I wonder, wonder where what, he I is wonder, today. i was just gonna say did he turn out to be like this crazy alpha domineering type of dude or did he actually just turn out to be like whatever like i'm so curious now. Who is this <laughs> he was already lining yeah like up. what is this guy yeah so then he was like whoever has the longest hair is gonna be my girlfriend and i was like i have the longest hair i'm the girlfriend and then he literally picked the girl who had a bob. Like her hair was above <laughs> her shoulders and it was a bob. And I cried and I was just like, 
this is why I'm the hall monitor and no one wants to be friends with me. Because, is because that was such a logical contradiction. Yeah, and so I threw a tantrum and like called him out about it. I was like, this isn't fair. I have the longest you hair. Said. You said. The rules you were. You said. And you didn't pick me. And so that's that's it right there. And it's like, well, he could do whatever he wants. It's his yep. life and his choice. He's three or four years old. He, can, But I was mm-hmm. so stuck on the rules and like of what he said of what yeah, he said and like i took it so literally and then i had then from then on out it never made sense to me because if the rule was he picked the girl with the longest hair or and i had the longest said, hair, mm-hmm. and i have the longest hair mm-hmm. or someone said let's hang out i want to be friends yep. or let's go or, and then they don't want to be friends or i love you and, and then, then a boyfriend cheats right I, it's like my brain cannot comprehend yep. it because i'm like you said you loved me yep okay so he says you're gonna be my girlfriend and then he picks a different girl and then from that day forward, I thought, okay, so he didn't pick me even though that was the rule because he hated me and he didn't like me. And I was so unlovable that he broke his own oh, rule. Oh, he broke his daddy. own rule to reject me because Deep. that's how unlovable I am. Damn. Now, I know people have a lot worse traumas than this. I am not oblivious to that, okay? It and just shows how ridiculously subtle and simple the examples can be and i'm not exempt but how incredibly deep that yeah and i'm not exempt from extreme life traumas my mom was a drug addict my whole life i can go on and on with matt knows i have extremely terrifying stories i could share that's not my point my point is my first memory of when i felt rejected was when was that moment in the the story it gave me but now i'm now i'm processing and now i just want to sit here and do a whole therapy session i'm like speaking of my mom i have a whole (laughs) thing with that is because my mom she had me at 19 years old and we've talked about this we've healed a lot is that she treated me like i was a sister she was in competition with Mm -hmm. or like i was a stepchild instead of her real child and that my like dad had this like daughter that he loved and he resented her because she was you know a drug addict and i got all the attention and i got everything i wanted and i got all the gifts and she got you know basically rejected and told she's a piece of shit because she's always on drugs and so she was always in competition with me and like kind of like hated me <laughs> so i was my mom like rejected me she was like yes yeah, so you felt rejected yeah she was like you're annoying you always get what you want get away from me like she treated me either like she was the big sister and i was the little sister that she hated and was annoyed by because she was only 19 when she had me and that because kind of was a dynamic or because she had this experience where she was the stepdaughter and the stepmom kicked her out of the house when she was 14 years old and she was homeless so much trauma in this whole situation but she treated me in that same pattern like i was a rejectable stepchild that she just wanted to like throw out we're way better now but like i did grow up feeling that from my own mother so a lot of feelings of like why am i not lovable why is it why am i not the chosen one (laughs) these are the kinds of like stories that i have to be aware of in my life of i'm repeating a situation to prove to myself that that's still my story Mm mm-hmm And then what's really trippy in both of our instances is that once your subconscious has locked in an association, it will then seek to validate that association. So what listening to Ash's stories reminded me of is then she'll seek out boyfriends uh, and friends because I know, you know, her boyfriend's stories, there's a lot of this stuff that goes on too, like with cheating and things like that. So with whether it was her boyfriends or her friends that then tell her one thing, but then do the other or just straight up or just mean and rejecting, that is the subconscious seeking to validate itself. And what I've always been helping Ash to see is I'm like, yeah, but you honestly never should have been friends with them in the first place. But my rejection, but her wound, rejection wound was like, no, I seek them out because I want to get rejected by them. Yeah. And I think I want to be loved. But actually, if I want to be loved, I wouldn't choose, you that, wouldn't person choose that person because in the first place. I wouldn't want to be friends with those people. Or I wouldn't choose that person to be in a relationship with because I would be like, this person isn't capable of that. Or from an outsider's perspective, it's just so obvious that you're not a compatible fit. Yeah. Like, like for example, let's say, uh, all I can think of is because we're I'm staring out the window. It's like, so let's say you're super like into homesteading and being a farm girl, 
Yeah. And you're trying to be friends with a city girl that thinks farm girls are dirty and gross. And you're like, but I'm a city girl too. And they're like, no, you're, you're not. not. That you're is like, kind of what you're happened. literally like <laughs> from the jungle. You live in Pune. You live in Pune. Like you're a jungle girl. I can't stand Pune. And they're like in New York City <laughs> in the, you know, the full blown, you know, city. That is what Right. Happened. So it's like, sort of. But, but you get the point, right? And so your subconscious will seek out people and situations and relationships that honest to God, it just shouldn't have been in in the first place, but that would require the next theme of consciousness, which comes right after this. We'll, we'll hit this up the next episode uh, when we do the next inner work episode, it, which is all about having discernment yeah. and having judgment, judgment, having healthy judgment, having the enough Eyes judgment and discernment to say, hey, I'm literally seeking a relationship with someone who, who literally doesn't, is pretty obviously vocal about how they don't like what i what i'm into but yeah i'm gonna seek to be friends with them anyway because i want to win them over and prove it it's like and it's like no you're probably not gonna succeed at that because they're actually being pretty open and honest with you it's like i want you to want me and i'm picking someone that was never gonna want me but then i get to say it's because of me yeah instead of it's it's because of that person it's like that's their preferences they were always like that but then i get to make it about me i get to be the victim i get to be like it's about me it's clearly about me it's always about me yeah this always happens to me and it's like yeah yeah because you keep putting yourself in that same situation with the same type of person it's like don't do that yeah and you'll have a better experience but you have to heal that wound because only from a healthy state of consciousness can you make a healthy choice yeah and so here's so here's the other layer for me. Same thing, if I'm making choices that then I have to go through disappointment, shame and rejection with, it's like, dude, that's not you. Just make different choices. But so long as I'm internalizing my my negative rejectable choices as about me, I won't learn the lesson. Can you give an example to make this more potent? Yeah, so well, let's, let's say a really common one, like lying. Okay, so let's say if I'm lying to you and then I'm like experiencing all this internal or you catch me and it's an external rejection. Yeah, I'm such a piece of shit. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't do know this. why. I'm just like, I uh, just like can't help it. I'm, I can't be honest. Like I'm a piece of shit. You're too good for me. I uh, just fucked this. Like I can't be this, right? I start self going down the spiral, like I said earlier, all the way to the extreme of like, I just shouldn't even exist. Like I'm, I'm horrible. Okay, so... Doing something like that, deceitful, hurtful in some sort of way, lying, um, I never cheated, but let's say cheating, right? Having an addiction, secret addiction, that's a form of cheating, I guess I could say, so I've done that. So, you know, secrets, addictions, lying, all right, it's all this layer of deceit. So let's say I'm doing that. I'm feeling internally rejectable because I hate myself for doing it. And then you obviously, let's say you find out and then you're like, oh my gosh, and you're disappointed and you're hurt and you're upset. Okay, so... When I go through that, the association is trying to validate, see, look how rejectable I am. And it's trying to validate, I am broken, I am damaged, I am too far gone, I am lost cause, blah, 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 blah. It's trying to validate, to reject myself. But the truth is, I need to reject that choice. That's all. I just need to reject that choice. And it's not me that's rejectable, it's the choice. Lying I don't, is shameful. Lying You're is what shameful. is shameful. I'm not shameful. The choice is just shameful. And this is one of the most important things to help us move through this wound. And as we're kind of coming to the close of this, we want to make sure and keep hitting. How do we heal this? How do we move on? The biggest thing around the wound of rejection is rejection is true. You do need to have rejection for things in life. It's just not towards yourself. It's towards the thing. So we don't reject um, ourselves when we've been traumatized, raped, abused in some sort of way. We reject the abuse. You reject the abuse. You say, this abuse is wrong. That's going to move you into the next theme of healing, which is judgment. You say, this is wrong. I discern this as hurtful. I have judgment to say this is hurtful. But I don't reject myself or the other person even technically. You don't reject the abuser, you reject the abuse. And so the truth and the lesson that is being learned here for us spiritually when we go through the wound of rejection is 
do you put it on yourself or do you put it on what the actual truth is, which is it's the thing. It's the trauma that we reject. It's the choice that we reject. It's the abuse that we reject. It's choosing people that were just going to hurt us anyway that we reject, right? It's we reject the trauma, not us. And that's what helps us finally heal and be able to move forward is because we say, whoa, I get it. I'm innocent. So like for Ash, you're totally lovable. And, and I did have the longest hair. <laughs> and you did have the longest hair. And that doesn't mean something was wrong with you. It just meant he changed his mind and he was doing something. He's a three-year-old. He was being a three-year-old. And, and likewise, then for me, it's like, yeah, Matt, if you keep doing really like hurtful, deceitful behaviors, you are still innocent, but you got to eventually reject that choice. And you got to say, hey, Dude, this choice only leads one place. And I'm not that and choice. And I'm not that. I don't align with and that. And I'm not that choice. I don't align with this. And I can restore my innocence by saying, oh my gosh, I'm innocent. And if I'm innocent, then maybe the door can finally open to stop choosing this. Stop doing it. Because so long as we identify with the rejection, you'll never stop. You won't. Because you'll your subconscious will keep validating the rejection. But as soon as you start to discern... I am not this rejection, but I do need to reject this negativity. You suddenly have opened the door to set yourself free and your healing can really start. It's almost like we think that the healing is in making a better choice. Okay, I'll just eat better and then I won't shame myself for eating so badly because if I eat better, I'll feel better and I'll like myself when it actually is reversed. If I like myself, I'll mm -hmm. make better food choices. Exactly. And so we have to flip the order of things that our choices are actually a reflection of our theme of consciousness, not the other way around. You cannot make better choices by staying in the same wounded theme of consciousness. Exactly. You have to change your theme of consciousness. You have to think better about yourself. And then from there, your choices will reflect that theme of consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's why one of my favorite things to say in inner work is it's actually imperative that you think highly of yourself. Because so long as you can't think highly of yourself, the highest being you're innocent and lovable, if you can't think that, how are you ever going to let yourself choose better? You have to. You, it's imperative you, you love yourself. It's imperative that you think uh, highly of yourself and you, you believe that you're smart. You believe that you're wise. You believe that you're innocent. You believe that you're lovable. And as you think that, you will start choosing better and choosing wiser and choosing smarter and choosing more loving and choosing more honest because your choices will become that a reflection of what you think about yourself. And then you go back and you reconcile. So little yes. three-year-old Ash who loves herself, I don't even want to get in that line. I don't even <laughs> want to be a part of he gets to choose who good girl he wants. I'm like... I don't even like him. I'm on the playground, okay? I choose myself. I go. love myself. Yeah. I don't <laughs> and, need him to validate that. Yeah. And so then I'm over there and I'm not even choosing to participate in something where I get to feel less about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's any, any spiritual teaching or religious trauma or um, punishment as a kid, I can just say, hey, that was the misunderstanding and and the hurt of those adults that pass that shit on to you and they didn't they aren't set free of it either you know they're still in it how many people do i know that traumatized me they're still in it they could be 50 60 70 now they're still in it so all i have to do is just say hey that had nothing to do with me that wasn't personal that i got these projections onto yeah. me same with my mom my mom didn't mean to make yeah, it me wasn't feel personal. unlovable she was struggling with her own She's feelings doing the best she could of unlovable and she didn't have the capacity at that time in her life uh, when she was struggling with addiction to make me feel lovable when she yep. wasn't even able to properly love herself, herself with the choices she was making so it was never about me yeah we can only give what we are we can only give what we have to give and you can't give something that you don't have. <laughs> so So for more on this, we <laughs> recommend you obviously start reading the inner workbook, which is a deep dive into how to do the inner work, how to recognize your themes of consciousness, 
the unhealed wounds within that are still sabotaging areas of your life until they move into the light of awareness Mm -hmm. and get loved and get loved and and validated and and understood yep and so there's a whole section on the wound of rejection the emotion of shame how to identify it how to heal it how it thinks what it believes how it's going to show up in your life even what media it's going to be interested in the thoughts it's going to have the orientations uh it's going to have the coping mechanisms it's going to have things it's going to the interests and values it's going to have we really have been trying our best to continue to nuance the heck out of this so that everybody can ultimately identify what's going on, where it, where it's coming from, and then most importantly, how to reconcile it and move forward. Yep. And then if you loved this conversation, obviously, we'd be so grateful if you can leave a review on the Inner Work podcast. Let us know how you're liking it. And if you'd like to talk more about this with us and in a community of other people who are doing the inner work, we invite you to come study with us at Sacred Yoga Institute and become a inner work yoga teacher with us. We talk about these things in depth on Zoom every week in our training. We have mentorship calls with our teachers one-on-one. It's a self-healing eight-month program. Plus, you come out of it knowing how to teach and lead others. You know how to teach yoga. You know how to teach meditation. You know how to lead people through inner work and ultimately how to theme classes and practices around addressing and healing. And coaching. And coaching, yeah, these themes of consciousness. So if you're interested in more and this is the kind of stuff you like, then you probably belong in the school with us. And we would love to have you, sacredyogainstitute.com. And you can get the inner workbook at theinnerwork.com. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you so much for listening. And next time uh, we bring up this topic, we'll continue in the series. In the series to as we naturally heal this, it leads us right into the next stage of our journey. So until then, namaste. namaste.